You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The correct Jordan Hare Stadium time is 8.41 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast, harbored by collegeandmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. I'm Drew Croson, at CenterCrow2 on Twitter, at CenterCrow on Venmo. To one side of me, the rumor monger, Ryan Sterrett, joining me via Skype. I thought this was going to be a solo crollo, but then Ryan joined the link. How's it going, Ryan? Uh, not too bad. Braves are still up for now. And then Chief's not here because he's watching the Braves and isn't taking the time, doesn't care enough about our listeners to do this instead of just watching the Braves. He'd rather watch the Braves um, than, than be on this pod with you and I for the listeners. And I would rather start this podcast than wait for the end of the Braves game. So I have now posted the link to this call in our Slack for College Magnolia. Could be anybody joins us. Um, well, the first thing I wanted to talk about is Auburn Soccer won tonight in double OT. So Auburn Soccer is effectively, not effectively, they actually are undefeated. Um, they've only played two games, but it's been almost two months, um, which is kind of wild. Basically what happened was they played a game, had a draw, which is a tie, and then had to wait 25 days to play their next game. So almost a month. So they played a game, and then because of COVID, because girls on Auburn's team caught the virus at one point, and then also other teams that they were playing against had the virus, they had to wait 25 full days. And then it was a 0-0 game going into double overtime. And with three seconds left, and in college women's soccer, they only play two overtimes, so that's the game of the game. It would have been a 0-0 tie. So with three with three seconds left in double overtime, they score a goal. Um, pretty unbelievable. And their first game was 0-0. So it literally, they've gone 25 days and 90 minutes without any goals being scored or conceded. And they finally got one tonight in double overtime. When a Anna Haddock goal, freshman Anna Haddock uh, shot ricocheted off of another player into into the back of the net against the University of Mississippi Lady Rebels, um, the Lady Rebel Bears, and uh, yeah, so Auburn now has a W, not just a draw, but a they are one zero and one, which is pretty good. That's four points if you're if you're on the old on the old school table. That's just their second game. Yeah, where have you been? I've just, I literally just explained that. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on setting some things up, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they've played two games in almost a month because of the global pandemic that is crippling us all. Um, 
In other news, it appears that Auburn basketball has the best player. I, I finally got onto watching some highlight tapes of Auburn's hottest, newest recruit. Um, yeah, Ryan, what do you think about him? Basketball. Uh, sorry. You talking about Jabari Smith? Yes. Uh, he's supposed to be the next, what, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis? Well, I think, yeah, I think that... Um, <laughs> I think people are seeing a 6'10 guy that can shoot. And yeah. Just expecting the world out of him. I think that... Um, I think calling him Durant's unfair. But well, I think calling him any all-pro NBA player is unfair, just like it would be yeah. unfair for any high school or college athlete. I mean, Durant is legitimately one of the 15 best players who's ever played the game. Sure. Um, and Anthony Davis might be the most talented guy right now in the NBA. One of so. them. Also, Anthony Davis is legitimately seven feet tall. Right. Jamar Smith is not. Like... I think I read the Ferguson article, Jay Ferg's article about about him. Shout out to Justin Ferguson and the Auburn Observer. If you haven't subscribed to that, then you're just a hater. Um, or you're broke. I mean, that's where we get our information from. Yeah. So. I understand if you're broke. I'm broke. I get that. But uh, Jabari Smith is either 6'9", 6'8", or 6'10", depending on which website you're looking at. Uh, which that that is similar to Kevin Durant. Depending on who you ask, Kevin Durant is either a seven footer or he's six nine. So that's even, that's an even bigger discrepancy. Um, he's a slender two ten too, isn't he? Yeah, Jabari Smith is that's that's thin two ten. That's less than me. And I'm six foot. <laughs> yeah, two ten is that is slender for a guy that big. So let's say let's say he is six nine two ten. Um. I think calling him a power forward is disingenuous because then he's he's theoretically I mean he's he's smaller than Devin Cambridge from a weight standpoint I feel like oh from a weight standpoint sure but so I mean, this is what happens when you know, guys are still in high school I mean they, right it'll be a lot different when I mean I say it'll be a lot different he'll probably only be at Auburn for six months sure but, hopefully uh, I mean he, he's somebody that'll that'll definitely grow into that frame so now I'm like. There's a there's a good number of people who are probably hoping that something convinces Sharif Cooper to not be a one and done because the concept of a really good pass first point guard like Sharif Cooper and Jabari Smith playing together is almost too good to be true. Auburn would have along with all the other talent. Yeah, but Auburn would have one of the five probably the most five most talented teams in the country. Sure, um, I mean, and you'd be talking about. Uh... Junior Jalen Williams, uh, sophomore JT Thor, uh, junior Devin Cambridge. I mean, uh, a bunch of guys at, at that point that would have a lot of playing experience. And then just adding Jabari Smith to the mix would, you know, you, yeah, like you're saying, they'd probably be a title favorite. Maybe not favorite. But yeah, it'd be up there. They'd be one of the favorites. Speaking of favorites, did, I, uh, did you see Dick Vitale? He was not one of my favorites. But uh, Dick Vitale released his top 40 going into this season and your Auburn Tigers not in the top 40 teams in America man but the Alabama Crimson Tide he has at 17th uh, different strokes I guess I mean this is it seems like this is where Auburn's been each of the last couple of years we're even coming off winning the SEC coming off a final four it's 
no benefit of the doubt just because of the roster turnover. Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, at what point do you see a program recruiting at the top 10 level and arguably one of the best coaches in the country? I mean, at what point does he get the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, what did Auburn lose off of that team last year? It lost Samir, Javon, and Okoro. And, and Austin Wiley. That's right, Austin Wiley. Uh, Anthony Mack. I mean, you lost your starting five. You lost your starting five. You yeah, replaced no. them with. You could make the case that you replaced them outside of three position with more talent at every position. Truth Cooper is a more talented guard than Javon from a, just a measurable. Sure. I, I don't know if talent uh, standpoint. Yeah, the the two is where I'm I'm kind of on the fence. Devin Cambridge has all the. Raw ability in the world. But yeah, if you put him through the combine, Samir was really good. If you put him year. through the combine, you're taking Cambridge every time. Sure, and then I then you watch his defense. You're not right. not as sure. And then you've got Stretch, who I probably not. I'm probably wrong with that, just because Stretch is not better than Hanford or Austin, um, and even measurable, he's not as good as Austin. But he's not a slouch, and he was a top 100 recruit, I believe, wasn't he? Or top 150, uh, at least. I believe, yeah. I mean, he was highly touted. I don't know if he was. I mean, he was one of the top guys. Now, I don't. Uh, I don't. I was not the biggest stretch guy last year. There were some people who really wanted stretch to play, and I'm more of a, a basket. Bruce Pearl's not an idiot. If stretch could play. Stretch would play. He doesn't. He's not playing his guys because they've been with him for a long time. For some nonsense. Yeah. He's well, he also didn't really can. play his senior year of high school, so there right. was there was always going to be that getting him back into game speed, and then doing that when you're trying to win the conference is tough to do. But then you got Jalen Williams, who has got some otherworldly talent at the four. So I, I mean, I really like this squad from a talent standpoint. I really like what this team can do. I think if you're telling me that Bruce Pearl's got a team with a bunch of top 150 recruits who are going to be not considered to be the favorites in their division. Yeah, and not only is Auburn not a betting favorite in the SEC, they, depending on where you look, they're not even a top-half team. Right. And I've seen them at number eight, number nine in a couple places. That's pretty That's so. pretty good for a, for a motivator like Bruce Pearl to be able to tell kids, look, people don't even think you're the, you're the best team in Alabama. Much less the best team in the SEC. People don't even think you're the best team in Alabama. They think Alabama, who, but they famously say that they they beat Auburn in aggregate points in the Iron Bowl of basketball last year, as if that means anything. Um, and that's what they can hang their hat on. A team that hasn't really done much in the tournament in a number of years. A team that had a top recruit in Colin Sexton that wasn't able to get out of the second round of the tournament. A team that consistently underperforms at every level, at every chance they get to underperform to the talent level, they will underperform. A guy in John Petty who has done nothing but consistently not live up to expectations. And I like John Petty. I think he's a really good player. But my gosh, how many years does Alabama need to be highly touted because of John Petty's shooting ability only to end up not finishing the top three in the SEC. Like how many years yeah, is that? Is, is he the centerpiece for the team next year? Yeah, or him, him or the Canadian guys, or the French guy. 
Yeah, I'm not familiar enough with their roster. But. Here's the thing, Ryan. They got a ton of talent. They might have a more talented roster than us next year. And they actually have some experience in guys like Petty. But their best player is not on the team anymore. Because he's in the league. Kyra Lewis ain't on Thanks. the team anymore. So, like, and and as good as Okoro was, he wasn't the point guard. When you lose a point guard with that kind of talent, that's a bigger, that's like losing a quarterback. Losing Okoro is a big deal, but Okoro wasn't our, wasn't our leading scorer. We lost our leading scorer, but I think we're replacing him. I think we're replacing him with better. Dinner point guard. But I think we're replacing him with better players. I think I think Sharif Cooper's going to end up being as good a player as Auburn's had in a long time. Oh, certainly. I mean, uh, he, he he's definitely the highest touted point guard Auburn's ever brought in. I mean, being better than Jared Harper's, a, you know, that's going to be tough to do, especially if he's only here a year or two. But uh, there, I mean, there's no reason he can't be. Uh, or have the best season as a point guard uh, in all of history. I mean, he's going to have as much talent around him as any other point guard to have, too. Especially so. if Devin, if Devin Cambridge can fix or become more consistent, I mean, shooting three-pointers, I think you could really see assist numbers that go just through the roof, get really crazy. Because Auburn's... Auburn's assist numbers, both per game and per season, are very similar to Auburn's wide receiver numbers. They're not great. Like, it isn't, they're not like something you really want to be like, oh man, did you know that so-and-so has the all-time assist record for Auburn? It isn't that great of a record. Like, it's, there are like 10 guys at some other schools that that have more assists than that. Um, you could see Sharif Cooper make a run at some records next year in terms of single-season records and single-game records for assists. As good of a passer as he is, and as good of a... potentially as good of a three-point shooting team and a slashing team. Like, alley-oops to Jamie Williams, alley-oops to Devin Cambridge. Three-pointers to Cambridge. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely what the team was... If they were missing anything last year, it was consistent three-point shooting. Oh, for sure. And, and so we, we talked about it almost every week, I think. They were ended up one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the conference just because they were still shooting at the same volume as they were the year before at a much lower rate. Right. So if you're having guys like Cooper and Cambridge take a lot more of those shots, then hopefully that number goes up. I mean, if you can get, if you can get back over 35% for as a team, you're sitting a lot better than you were last year. Yeah. All right, Ryan, I'd like to talk to you about a new segment that I want to start this week. What'd you get? Five things that Crow noticed during the Auburn-Arkansas game. <laughs> These are the five key things that I noticed. These are key only to my weird, whacked-out brain. Can I guess that one of them is just Tank Bigsby, period? No, that's too obvious, Ryan. Okay, okay. These are the five key things that I, that I noticed that made me either smile, laugh, or go, huh, that's interesting. Number five, Gus Malzahn's mask. The mask's are a, a unique thing to 2020 that I think we're going to look back on and go, people made weird choices on masks. Or we're going to look back in like 10 years and go, why, why is that picture of Gus wearing a mask? And then have to remind ourselves, oh yeah, there was a global pandemic. Oh yeah. yeah. The, it was the Bane year. The Pac-12 only played seven games. Um, <laughs> theoretically. Theoretically. 
So Gus Malzahn's mask is this very weird, what I can't figure out is, is it see-through? And if it is see-through, is it doing anything? Like, is it made of mesh? It's probably uh, uh, Under Armour. It's not. Proprietary. No, that's the thing. Under Armour makes a mask. It's called, like, the Sport Mask. And it's, like, has an Under Armour logo on it. I think I saw Will Muschamp wearing one on one of his press conferences. So I know that there are coaches who have the Under Armour mask. Gus is not wearing it. Matter of fact, Gus is wearing the same mask as Saban. They are wearing the same mask. Um, yeah, Kiffin was wearing a bandana on his face. Bandana, underwear, I'm not really sure. But. He was wearing the, the world's tiniest bandana slash the wash rag that I used for my toddler in the bathtub. Um, <laughs> and it said, like, Mannings, like 18 and 10. Like, very strange. It's a very strange choice for a bandana. But... Gus's mask was driving me insane only because I couldn't figure out if it was made of mesh, if it was fishnet. That's the case. I don't want king shame, but <laughs> it's a very interesting choice. Um, I wanted to know a lot about his mask. So if you know the answer to what is Gus's mask, that's at AU Chief. Just let us know. That's how we're going to find out. At AU Chief on Twitter, and uh, and we're gonna we'd love to hear from you. The next thing, number four, thing that I thought, hey, that's an interesting thought. Um, in my new favorite formation that Auburn runs, which I'm calling the uh, the thick plays, thick plays, the trick plays, we have JJ Pegues, Pegues, I don't know. Ryan left, so this is now solo crollo again. J.J. Pugues is uh, the Wildcat quarterback. In these plays, which I'm calling, as I said, thick plays, you have the fastest guy on the, in the country running a jet sweep. And the image of Anthony Schwartz, who is not a big man, coming over in a jet sweep action, and then a guy who weighs probably... A hundred, a hundred and ten pounds more than him. One hundred and twenty, probably. Faking a handoff to him, and then keeping the ball himself. Cracked me up. Legitimately, cracked me up because you would think the natural inclination is give the smaller guy the ball. He's faster. Matter of fact, there is nobody faster than him. <laughs> Meanwhile, we we got thick play going on. So that made me laugh. The next one that I thought was humorous or interesting that happened in the Arkansas game. The weather was um, otherworldly bad in this game. And I don't think that, t- for some reason, the angle that the TV camera was at didn't show. It wasn't until I saw photographs taken field level afterwards. But this game was, if there's any, like, thought that... Um, people will make the rational decision concerning college football. The fact that Auburn and Arkansas played a game that nobody really wanted to watch. (laughs) That's how bad it was. I think Arkansas fans wanted to watch it. In a hurricane 
during a global pandemic is proof positive that we really don't care about <laughs> safety of anybody involved. We just want to watch football. And we will watch it no matter what. Just because it's football. Right, and I think that was three things I've done. Number two, the second thing that I thought was interesting. So wait, wait, hang on. That's the third thing. How are we on number two? So I'm going. I'm counting backwards. Five, four, three, two. Oh, okay. I didn't think you said five, four, three. Sorry, four, five, four, three, and this is two. Yeah. Number two, drum roll. No, no, it's not going in any sort of order. Well, I guess it should be at this point now. That I'm, I, dude, it's been a day. <laughs> it's been a day. <laughs> uh. I finished Shit's Creek yesterday or two days ago. I love that show. And I just sometimes really feel like I just get David on a visceral level sometimes. Um, the second thing that I thought was very interesting that I noticed during the game was that Auburn looks great in the navy cleats and dark socks. It really reminds me of 2004 when we went undefeated. Now, are we going to go undefeated this year? No, it's impossible. We've already lost a game. So that's already out. <laughs> However, this is the hilarious year that Gus goes undefeated from here on out with a loss to Georgia. Why? Number one, counting this way this time. Number one, because people really hate that he doesn't beat Georgia. It makes him super mad because it's a thing that he should have done already and he doesn't really do it very often, especially on the road. Number two, Alabama. He can beat Alabama. He has shown that he can do that better than anybody else. And number three, we might not have to play Alabama because the season might get canceled in like two weeks, depending on how many times Florida players were around other people. Because uh, the news came out today that Florida had 19 players test positive for the coronavirus, and they just played Texas A&M. So I don't know what Texas A&M's cases are, although A&M had like 50,000 people in the stands at their game. So they might have an outbreak here in a couple of days. Um, Florida has as many positive cases or more positive cases than Auburn had offensive players in against Arkansas. Yeah. And like, did you know that it seems as if LSU has had its entire team test positive already at this point? <laughs> so I, I think there's a really decent chance that Auburn goes undefeated from here on out because we will not have to play Alabama. And the season will end somewhere around Halloween. So that's my second one. And we're going to look just like the last one we had undefeated. Number one. And the cool thing that I noticed that I thought, huh, that's interesting. This is my new segment, Chief. Chief, by the way, just heard the call. Which is five things I thought were interesting. Uh, I thought was interesting was the fans... The Auburn fans seem to be doing the best job of any fan base that I watched. I watched a couple of games on Saturday. Auburn, as a university, seems to be doing a better job than other schools at actually spacing the fans out. And I think that's going to come back and help Auburn in the future when other teams are not going to be allowed to have fans in the stands later in the year. But like I watched the OU Texas game, it wasn't even. I mean, people were just on top of each other. And that's in Dallas County where they're taking it extremely seriously. Uh, so I don't even know how those students were allowed to do that. Whereas Auburn fans seem to be fairly spaced out. Then I watched uh, 
what was the other one? They, I saw some of the A&M game. It was a joke. It was a joke. It was, there were no rules. There were no rules at all. People were on top of each other. And then last week, the Georgia game. It's because the dog's going to prevent them from getting COVID, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> they pray to that dog, and then, and then they don't get COVID. If the dog barks, everyone tests negative. Um, <laughs> you know, if the dog barks, everybody gets out of class. If the dog is in your class, and the dog barks, class is dismissed. Isn't it if the dog's in your room, it gets to bed? Sure. It's true. It's also true. Interesting. Because the dog is the number one ranking member of the Corps. It's because it's a fake military organization. Well, listen. It's just like Italy, right, crew? Yeah, what is a real military organization at this point? <laughs> Man alive. I mean, so is Space Force. But they still got a TV show. I'm going to need you to grow a mustache like Tom will. If I grow a mustache, it's going to look like Creed. Are we, Can I do that? Are these Braves players you're talking about? Uh, yeah. Yes. Max Reed. He was, uh, what, 23? It's pretty young, yeah. All right. Ryan, we're playing a game. Actually, let's take a break. We'll come back and play a game with Chief and Ryan. And taking a break. And we're back with 24 minutes and 49 seconds into this hellacious podcast that we've started. Uh, and we're going to play a game. It's one of my favorite games. It's a, it's a take on a game we played a year ago. And it's Pro Cyclist or SEC Football Player. All right. And this, I'm making it easy, guys. I need you to not look up the roster for South Carolina. But oh my every, god, he's gonna score! Every player on this in this game will either be a professional cyclist or a member of the South Carolina Gamecocks football team. And you are both playing versus right. me. But I know the answers, so I'm not really playing. I'm just the house. Okay. So, first things first, this, I'll give you guys the way this works. I will say a name, somebody like, uh, let's see, um, J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. And Are you we will, both answering? And you will talk to each other. You, can, you, have, you have five seconds to talk to one another uh, and decide what it can, is. Can you spell J, the first name for me? J-A-Y-C-E-E. That's, a, that, that's a good example of a type of question you are allowed to ask. C-E-E? Oh, J-A-Y-C-E. SEC player. SEC player. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go SEC. Correct. That is number one on the roster, in the numerical roster. What position? He plays defensive back. He's a six-one, two hundred five-pound defensive back from Alpharetta, Georgia. Plays for who? South Carolina. These are all every the team we're playing this week. Yeah, they're all oh. South Carolina players or oh, okay. professional cyclists. Gotcha. Okay. All right, so. Yeah, you know what? I'm taking that away. I'm not going to spell the names of the guys for you. <laughs> well, that was that was because that, that made that easy. That made that easy. All right, all right. Here we go. First one, Maximilian Schachman. Maximilian Schachman. Hmm. That's a Super Smash Brothers character. I'm pretty sure he, he could be German, or he could be. From Lithonia, South Carolina. <laughs> uh, 
I'm gonna lean into cyclist. On yeah, one. yeah, me too. I, I, I think I'm gonna go. Yeah. Maximilian Schachmann is a incredible one day racer for the team Bora Hansgrohe. Yes. Got it. Out of Germany, he is. Day. He might have one day's type of race. He's a good time trialist. He's a pretty good racer on the on the long race, like Tour de France. But he's known for his ability to really go hard in a one day race, like a super long race, such as like a Milan San Remo. It's like a sprint. Well, Milan San Remo is like a like a 155 mile race. But it's one day. It's one day. So can you go hard for 155 miles, basically? All right. Uh, if I'm driving, yeah. So here's the other one. <laughs> About here to my parents' house. Your next one. You live closer than to your parents than I do to mine. Yeah. Anyway. Fabian yeah. Goodman. Fabian Goodman. Man, that's wow, that's tough. Um Goodman just sounds way too American to uh I mean I can't not picture John Goodman, so <laughs> uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, Fabian Goodman looks nothing like John Goodman. <laughs> well that could be because he's a hundred and thirty pound cyclist or because <laughs> he's a running back or something like that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go he plays for I, I think he plays for cocky. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, and I I'm going to uh, call my shot and say he's a defensive lineman. Uh, oh. Final answer, you guys? Oh, yeah. Fabian Goodman, number 23, is a defensive back for yeah. oh, Colum- for Columbia's own South Carolina Gamecocks. He is from Hammond, <laughs> South Carolina. Mm. Well, you, got the, you got the defense right. You were correct. Uh, he's only 170 pounds, so a little heavy for a cyclist. They do exist, those guys. Also, normally those guys are pretty good one-day racers. All right. Let's find something that makes it a little more difficult because you guys are so far two for two. I need. Oh, come on. You guys, the problem is Chiefs watching. Oh, no. Why is it eight to six? They just hit a two run bomb. Pressured us to get on here. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Not watching the game, and the Braves are going to blow it. (laughs) Oh, I'm watching it. Kingsley and Nogbear. Kingsley. Enagbear, or maybe Eneg- Enagbari? Enagbara. Igbenagami? No. No, it doesn't look Nigerian. Kingsley Enagbar. Enagbar. Kingsley sounds British. Are there uh, British cyclists? I don't know. There are a lot of British cyclists, as a matter of fact. King- All right, yeah. They aren't oh, great, like, but there's like, a lot. Kingsley sounds... It's, it's a very Jamaican name, though. It's also um, Owen Wilson's new adopted name in the movie, um, The Life Aquatic. His name is mm. Ned, but he goes by Kingsley Zisu, I believe. Wait, his, name, his name is Ned? In the movie, his name is Ned, but then when Steve Zisu oh, adopts this, him, this person he calls him out. Kingsley Zisu. No, this man's name is, is, is Kingsley and Nogbury. Uh, I'm going to go cyclist. Chief, uh, are you gonna let Ryan answer for you? That's what I'm trying to ask you because you're I, on I the mean, same I, team. I know. I I think I think that's a South Carolina player. What position? <sighs> Sounds like a flashy wide receiver to me. If you <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna go. 
defensive line. All right. I'll let you guys split the points on this. Kingsley okay. Inogbury is a six foot four, two hundred and seventy pound defensive lineman for yeah. South Carolina out of Atlanta, Georgia. Went to Hatefield. Wait, why Charter are we splitting County. the points? Because I said cyclist. Because you said cyclist, so that's point five points. We don't get the the point five back because I named his position. No. Oh, so dang. you're at two and a half out of a possible okay. three. Okay. <laughs> and I'm at half a point out of a possible uh, three. Okay. All right. Michael Woods. Michael uh, Woods. See, this is a misdirection. This is this is an American name. Michael Woods. Michael Woods. Let's go cyclist. Yeah. It seems too obvious. Is, does he pronounce it like Michelle or something like that? No, it's pronounced Michael. Spell it for us. M I I can't spell it for you, but I will spell it. It's, M- it's Ooh, the M-A? normal way. It's the normal way to spell Michael. M I. Yeah, cyclist. Cyclist. Michael Woods is a 1.75 meter, 64 kilogram cyclist yeah. from Canada. He actually ran track at the University of Michigan and is the only person in history to run an under four minute mile and finish a Tour de France. So that guy's done a lot more with his life than I have. <laughs> Did he run the Tour de France? No, he rode it on a bicycle oh, okay. on a Cannondale Super 6 Evo. For Team EF. All right. So, you guys have a, what's that now? You have three and a half out of a possible yes. four points. You guys are crushing this game. It's, it's not easy either. It's not. I like know. We're, You're uh, guessing on almost every turn and guessing well, correct. Well, we're using, we're using context clues and that one was pretty much a guess because it seemed like it was. Yeah. Too much of a, a football player name. Right. All right. Seth. I'm going to remember this, Crow. We're going to go back and do Star Wars or Recruit. That's <laughs> I love that game. Sep Cuss. Sep Cuss. Or Coos. Cuss? Is it Cuss or Coos? One of those. Sep Coos. Cuss. Sep Cuss. I think we've got to go cyclist, right? It's, I'm going football in this yeah, one. Start with a K. I'm going to go football, yeah. I think I... Uh, okay, yeah, football. Let's go football. Oh, Ozzy, keep the Ozzy. All right, Sep Coos is no! a. Oh, sorry, sorry about yelling on the pod. Well, you're gonna yell again. Sep Coos is a 1.8 meter, 61 kilogram cyclist out of Durango, no! Colorado. Oh, <laughs> he is an American, you guys. He's probably the best American in the peloton currently. I think you just, uh, I think you just uh, threw us off by pretending not to know how to pronounce his name. Actually, I don't know how to pronounce. I think uh, that I, I always say "cuss," but recently okay. he won a stage of the, uh, um, the Dauphiné, the Criterium de Dauphiné, and on the announcers kept calling him "coos," and I had to really question. You, you say the Dauphin race? Dauphiné, the Criterium de Dauphiné. It's in France. The Dauphin race would be the greatest cycling event of all time. It would, it would be no hills, so. Yeah. Hey, put that sucker in August. <laughs> yeah. Oh, People are just falling out. Yeah. The Dothan the race. Festival. The Tour de Peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny about this is. You cup of water, you just get a bowl of peanuts as you go around. This kind of shows how, race. how little we know about the South Carolina Gamecocks roster, but. Well, does anyone know anything about the South Carolina Gamecocks roster? <laughs> I know I mean, that their quarterback... Their version uh, of this podcast probably does. Because 
it's almost the same as my high school. Is there anyone at that's a fan of South Carolina that would? Oh Jesus! Oh dear Lord! Waste their time uh, with uh... this podcast? Oh, come on! What are you doing, guys? This is a terrible. This is terrible radio. Sorry, <laughs> Acuna out there and right, like didn't even try to make the play. He was just like, "All right, well, I'm... oh God, how Man, embarrassing!" There's anyway. a lot of people on Twitter are gonna have to take that stupid tilde off the end of their name. Like... All right. Xavier Leggett, or it might be Xavier Leggett, or Leggett. Legit. It's either Xavier Legit, Xavier Leggett, or Xavier Leggett. I feel like I remember Leggett playing at South Carolina a couple years ago. All right, let's go. Let's go South Carolina. Yeah, so I'm gonna say like he's a cousin or a brother or something like that. Xavier Leggett is a six foot, two hundred ten pound wide receiver from Bullens, South Carolina. All right, Bone. This is the this. We're coming into the lightning round. Last two questions. Maybe one's a cyclist, one's a gamecock. Maybe both are cyclists. Maybe neither are cyclists. But each one of these is worth two points. Make it, and you get two points. Miss it, and you lose two points. Oh, now, no. at the moment, I'm mathematically eliminated from winning this game, but I just want to see how much I can make you sweat. Sure. It's the fun of the game. <sighs> Peter Sagan. Peter Sagan or Peter oh, Sagan? He's a, he's a cyclist. We know this one. You talk about him all the time. Dang it. <laughs> we do listen to you. <laughs> You're right. Peter Sagan, oh, three-time world champion. Get him, get him, get out him. Out of Slovakia. Oh, jeez. All right, Braves just won. All Ooh. right. All right. And last one. Never Co- in doubt. Colin Hill? Yeah, that's where I went to high school. <laughs> Seriously, I went to Collins Hill. Guys, Colin Hill is a 6'4", 222-pound starting quarterback for the South Carolina Gamecocks. He's not just Steven Garcia. He looks like he is either doing Steven Garcia cosplay or he is like the roadie for the Black Crows. Are we sure Steven Garcia isn't a roadie for the Black Crows? <laughs> I, probably, man. He's probably too drunk for that. <laughs> <laughs> Colin you guys, Hill. You guys do remember that like, he was like drunk on the field oh, all the yeah. time, right? Yeah, yeah, that's why he got kicked off what the team you? and then yeah. started like three weeks later. What are you, a hater? Yeah. <laughs> Colin Hill, Stephen Garcia, and uh, Trevor Lawrence's brother could probably have like the sickest candle shop in Asheville, North Carolina. Crow would or Chief would definitely go see the their concert. Oh yeah, the three of them if they had a band. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> It'd be the dankest well, concert. Before we move on, can can we just like get a mental picture of Will Muschamp doing a bike race? <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. Well, we know what he looks like in a uh, Barcelona uniform. Do we? Yeah, because Leon Messi looks exactly like Will Muschamp. Whoa. You guys never, I've never, you guys noticed, never that. noticed that? That would mean I would know what someone looks like. Leo Messi? The greatest yes. player ever? Yes. <laughs> he makes the same like faces. It's it's uncanny. The LeBron James of soccer? Wait, we're talking about the Argent- Argentinian, Argentinian guy? Yes. Yes. Messi. 
Yes. Yes. The the same. Hey. I've never put that together that he looks like Muschamp. Neither have I. But now that you say that, if like Messi retires and goes the uh, the normal Argentinian superstar route, and gains a bunch of weight and does a lot of cocaine, he will look just like Muschamp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he needs another like, sixty pounds probably. Oh, I bet Muschamp way overweight. Way more than well, 60 yeah, pounds. Because, yeah, because uh, <laughs> Leo Messi's like 5'4". Yeah. Like, oh, okay. like I, bet Leo, I bet Messi is 100 pounds. Easy. Less than Will Muschamp. <laughs> what, do you, what do you know about Messi, Ryan? Do, do you know uh, any of his story? I know that he's from Argentina and he's really good and some people like him and some people like Ronaldo. That's no. all I know. Well, uh, Barcelona basically br- brought him over to... Uh, Spain and then pumped him full of hormones trying to make him grow legally because he had a condition yeah because he's tiny I don't know how tall he is he's a he's a little dude they legally were allowed to give him like HGH and stuff because he he has like a deficiency in growing yeah a growth condition I mean Barry Bonds the same thing yeah yeah I mean well it was different when you're 14 versus when you're like 34 (laughs) Because <laughs> all of a sudden you're growing. Hey man, hey, he was he was a small dude. He needed to grow. Guys, who is the offensive coordinator at South Carolina? Can you answer me? That? Uh, uh, trick question. They don't have an offense. <laughs> nice, Ryan. Chief, well, do you know not, who it is? It's not Steve Spurrier Jr. anymore. Uh, no. No. For a little while, it was the guy. Todd Grantham, Auburn, wasn't it? Or nope. Oklahoma? It is Mike it Bobo. Was, Mike oh, Bobo, sorry, who claimed that the Georgia guys backwards there. I'm Mike not, Bobo, who claimed that the hurry up offense is stupid, basically, and no, he said that the hurry up offense did a lot of things, a lot of good things for football. He also did. So we're the, go like, slow. He also did the like choke choking thing on the sideline one time, right? Do you I know who was in a bandy game? Yeah, Chief. Do you know who the defensive coordinator is for Todd Grantham? No. <laughs> This is going to uh, sting when I tell you who it is. Oh, sting. oh, it's a uh, it's, uh, the T. Rob. That's right, T. Rob yeah. Traveris Robinson. I almost fumbled that because I believe he's he's there because he's a must champ dude. Uh, yeah, right. Let's see. Yeah, because I think wasn't he at Florida with must champ, and then he was yeah he was. I don't. I and who is their defensive line coach, Ryan Starrett? I don't remember if he played for. Must champ. I don't think. Um, yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Is it Auburn guy? Uh, Tracy Who? Rocker. Tracy Rocker. Oh, the yeah. defensive line. He's South Carolina now. I thought he was with the Titans still. Nope. No. Uh. Uh-uh. That didn't last long at all. The Rock himself is the defensive line coach. The second best defensive lineman in Auburn history. Yeah. Did wait. Yeah. Rocker, the, uh, Rocker went to Georgia. Yeah, the uncle he? of that really good pitcher at Vandy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you know South Carolina's yeah. baseball coach is like, hey guys, what the heck, man? <laughs> Come on now, dog. I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Rocker ended up at Georgia after the Titans, after we got um, Garner. I think that's what happened. He was yeah, no. Rock, he, he spent the past. He went spent the oh, past really? two seasons at Tennessee, the University of Tennessee. Oh, okay. And then right. he went to Georgia. He was at Georgia 2014 okay. to 16. That's right. Auburn, 2009-2010. So from like 2011 to 2014, he was with the Titans. Then he went to Georgia. Then he went to Tennessee. Then he went to South Carolina. 
I knew it didn't last too long. That's nuts, man. He's been on, he's literally coached at most of the SEC at this point. It's five different stops in the SEC. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Wish he could have stayed here forever. He coached at Auburn High too. Yeah, he did. Uh, in 1992 as the defensive coordinator. Wow. <laughs> Go Tigers. Huh. Yeah. Ask Josh Black about that. Yeah. I'm sure he knows something about it. I've, I've already made so many, like, aside comments to try to make people mad in this podcast. Oh, have you? You guys have not picked up on. Oh. Like, number one, I call, I'm going to say them out loud now. Number one, I call Tracy Rocker the second best defensive lineman in Auburn history. Mm-hmm. And I call oh, yeah. Leo... I well, call it's because Derek Brown's one of the top three Derek Brown's number one. Well, Derek Brown's the first best. And then I called uh, Leo Messi the LeBron James of soccer because he's the greatest of all time. No, dog. So then. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what you're not taking into account is that you're talking to two Braves fans who just watched the <laughs> playoff game. So yeah. nothing's really going to get us worked up right now. Yeah, you, yeah, but your team down. won. Uh, uh, they were up 7 nothing in the eighth inning, and they won 8-7. to seven. <laughs> We just relived the Auburn Arkansas game in a baseball game. <laughs> yes, and, and they almost lost due to some severe screw ups. What there. player on the Braves is the JJ Puggies of the Braves? Oh, uh, yeah, it's Pache, isn't it? Yeah, it's either Pache he's, he's or Riley. Big, he's a young guy. Maybe Riley. I, I'm Riley? gonna go with Pache. He's a this rookie just just got on the team a couple weeks ago. And uh, making big plays yeah. already. They're right. both pretty fast. Let's run a real yeah. quick strength versus weakness rundown of this game coming up on Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning when Auburn plays its best football, as we all know. Jeez, oh, you're really trying to troll people now. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> offense. Whose offense is better, Auburn or South Carolina? Uh, oh, really? Well, Sorry. Auburn offense for South Carolina defense. Who has the advantage? Oh. Um, are you going to use some actual numbers, or are you just asking us our opinion? I don't have any numbers of Brendan Ryan. All right, man. I don't know. It sounded I, like you were setting us up to prove us wrong with something. I might have to say. I have quote-unquote apple juice again, and I'm trying to figure out what. <laughs> I might have to go with South Carolina defense at this point. I mean, the uh, Arkansas defense didn't have too much trouble with us, so... You say that? We had almost 200-yard rushers against Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't... I don't know. I mean, how many of the mistakes that Auburn made were Arkansas playing good defense and Auburn just not playing good offense? Yeah, exactly. How many mistakes did Auburn make that were just play well, call? Uh, yeah, well, what does that matter? <laughs> I mean, if our offense... Yeah. That, that, either way, it indicates uh, some issues with our offense. Um, I don't know if we can, if we have, if what we saw in the running game, especially in the second half of that game, was not a mirage, or I should say the very end of the first half uh, as well, then the, maybe we have the advantage. Uh, but, I would say this, Chief, as well. I don't know if you've seen any field level photographs of the first half of that game. Oh, it was nasty. It was. I think I had. I mentioned this in my five things that I wanted to waste time on this podcast talking about segment. But I think it was way worse in person at field level than it appeared on television. It looked like a like 
They were playing in the eye of a hurricane. <laughs> well, the, the people that were there were saying it was about on par with the Sanford game last year. Just warmer. I mean, and, and I was at the Sanford game, and I got dumped on. Like I, that's about as wet, of a, wet as I've ever been. So if it was like that for the whole first half, I mean. It looked like that Southern Miss game from two years ago. Yeah. Minus the lightning. Yeah, it was it was pretty, especially in that first half, really nasty. Uh, so, Ryan, what do you think? Who has the advantage, Auburn offense, South Carolina defense? Man, I don't know. Um, hopefully we've got it figured out with Tank Bigsby, and I'm, I can say Auburn offense. But, yeah, um, I guess I'll go that way. Is there a defense in the conference that you would emphatically say that the offense – of Auburn has an advantage against Ole Miss, I guess. LSU. No. Yeah, LSU. No, Ole Miss. Guys, did you see that the stat that Ole Miss allowed only four <laughs> yards less yeah. yards against Alabama than Alabama could have possibly gained? Well, I, I'm going to say LSU because uh, they what Mississippi State had over 600 yards offense against LSU and then scored two points against Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. But Alabama had, like, they literally only left four yards on the field. <laughs> That's insane. They only, they, they literally got the ball on the 20 and scored every time. And well, one they, time, they, they missed they a field goal have, uh, I don't watch that game. have 12th year senior Najee Harris running back there. Uh, and Mac Jones looks pretty good. Uh, so... I don't. I don't know. There's... Yeah, I just based on based on what I saw last week, the statistics show that Ole Miss may have been the worst defensive performance in history. They're pretty bad. But okay. Well, no, no, no. Arkansas in 2010 had a worst defensive performance. Really? Well, they allowed 65 points. Yeah, but did they? We did we have to punt in that game? Because I don't think Alabama did. You know, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I don't think we punted in the second half. I know we didn't punt. You're right. We didn't punt in the second half. And Alabama wasn't running Cam Newton out there either. Yeah, that's true. Mac Jones does look pretty good. They I had a lot more NFL players in that offense than Auburn did. Yeah, that's true. Auburn had one. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is weak. So, Ryan, Auburn defense, South Carolina offense. Auburn defense, South Carolina offense. Um, I mean, the South Carolina offense hasn't been bad through three games. They scored 27 against Tennessee, 24 against Florida, which that might actually be kind of bad. Um, 41 versus Vandy. Uh, Are we expecting... Digging into those box scores. I don't know. A lot of it just depends on the health of the defense. If you get Big Cat back, if you get yeah. Jalen Simpson back, then I'd probably feel a little better there. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask. Are we expecting anybody back on the defense? It or sounds like everybody besides KJ Britt is practicing or okay. in some capacity. So, I mean, I heard, a, I heard an NFL guy talking about something that I think is applicable to this. When you have no preseason like the NFL had this year yeah. and basically no training camp, which College Football had as well, no, almost no trade to camp. Right. Your first almost three games, 
your coordinators and coaches are basically figuring out. Everybody is figuring this is out. This is live practice. Is yeah, this, figuring really out scary. what is going on. So the, this guy's point was week five. So your fifth game, if you don't start seeing immense improvement over what you saw in week one, two, and three, then you really need to start questioning your coaching staff. So I would say in a similar situation. That's like, why Dan Quinn is no longer the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Exactly, Mundo. So I would say like in a similar situation, like this is the week that we really see what Kevin Steele's up to. Because he's yeah, had I, now a multiple weeks to see these freshmen play, who can play, get his veterans back, get some guys healthy. Let's see now, this week against this fairly putrid offense, pedestrian at least, can Auburn knuckle down and buckle down? Do it, do it, yeah, do it. Yeah, I, um, I mean, that goes back to what I have been saying is I expected everybody to suck and – till at least halfway through the season. So that'd be five games in. You're so. absolutely right, man. I think you and I are kind of on the same wavelength on this. Like, I, I'm i not going to make a single judgment call on the quality of any team in this conference until after Halloween. Just and I, Like, there's I, just no way to know. And Alabama, as expected, has looked the best because they're the most suited for this. The, they got the, the most whole, guys. Well, they got the most guys. The whole process quote-unquote, is built to, you know, survive something like this. Like, those guys are not thrown off by everything that's going on, whereas basically everybody else in this conference probably is it, to some degree or another. Um, look who's 2-1. and one. Like, legitimately, look who's 2-1 and one versus who is 1-2 and two versus who is 0-3. Oh the teams yeah. that whose players have had the fewest positives who have their kids probably all take online classes, including Auburn, who are able to kind of weather this as some sort of sort. Those teams have more game, have more wins. Auburn's two and one. Whereas would, a lot of teams are not. I would be willing to bet the teams that uh, didn't replace a coordinator and have the most uh, upperclassmen are also – doing better with this than hey, you're probably um, right. than anybody else. Yeah. Ooh, guys, yeah. my son poked me, poked me in the eye earlier today. I'm dealing with some major pain here. Sorry if I'm... That's a good film. Ryan, you ever seen Major Pain? I have seen Major Pain. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's yes. amazing. <laughs> Man. I, I, I haven't seen it since I was probably like six, so I feel like most of it would have gone over my head. It was probably like... It was one of those dumb movies I was allowed to watch. Nice. I saw it in the theater. It was me and a buddy of mine named Jake St. John and uh, and like two other people in the theater. It was crazy. I remember seeing that movie and being like, man, Damon Wayne is the funniest man who yeah. ever lived. Yeah. I didn't even really know who he was until that movie because I, I, I wasn't an adult, you know? Um, no, I, but I was super into going to Blockbuster and trying to like ask the guy who worked there about actors. Like I was like one of the cool kids, even though I was like eight or whatever. So you're like, you're like one of the dudes in Clerks. Hey, going to I want some Damon Wayans movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know when Major Payne came out? 
1996, uh, right? Because I would have been in seventh grade. 95 or 96. It's 96. Major Pain came out the first weekend I was alive. 95. March 24th, 1995. Wow. Man, was I in seventh grade in 95? I was 10 years old. Wait, no. What, no. what month? March? Like, y'all are both like, what, 10 years older than me? I was, I was nine like, years old at that point. That makes sense, because I don't... Jake wasn't there in seventh grade, I think. That's right. Okay. Anyway. T listener? No, I doubt it. I haven't seen him in Lord knows how long. He only went to school in Fort Payne for like uh, a month and then moved back to Scottsboro. Pretty weird. Anyway. Between Fort Payne and Scottsboro, which one is like moving up? Uh, Neither. Okay. He's <laughs> like, oh, he's, he's going to the city to Fort Payne. Oh, oh no. You go to Scottsboro if you want to go over to the river. Uh, but apparently that's not even really a thing from Fort. Most people go to Weiss Lake now instead of Gunnersville, mm-hmm. uh, is, is what my sister was telling me. Uh, my parents are actually making the move. Mm-hmm. We have uh, from one to the other as well. So Big... Big stories here on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Scottsboro used to be um, a little more booming just because it uh, it's closer to Huntsville. So a lot more people that work in Huntsville would live there. Stuff like that. I uh, almost had a nuclear plant. Uh, yeah. Belfont. Uh, it, it, uh, it used to be. Uh, it has also contracted. Uh, Fort Payne's sort of stayed the same size and gotten bigger despite losing a lot of business and stuff there. So anyway, cause I, I believe Scottsboro is still five a now and not six a like Fort Payne is the school. Someone correct me on that. But mm-hmm. I'll look it up. One of the, you play there? yeah, Bo played there. Pat coached there. That's where Bo started his career as an eighth grader playing varsity. Uh, yeah, he's been run. The reason he does all that crap is he's been running for his life his entire career, basically. As a, as a quarterback. Scottsboro football is six A region seven. Okay, I think they may have just moved up. I, I'm pretty sure they got left behind in five A. Alabama's got seven A now. It's yeah, high, right? yeah, right. We were we were both solid five A when I was in school. Uh, and they were a little bit bigger. I think they're smaller now. They built this giant like castle of a high school as well. Had a pretty nice basketball gym. And that's been Alabama High School <laughs> with Chief and, and Ryan. <laughs> Scottsboro football this season, two and six overall with losses to Madison Academy, Oxford, Springville, Fort Payne, and Aniana. They lost Wind to Fort Payne. Right. So, North Jackson. So and when yes, my dad was well, my dad was in school. Scottsboro was their biggest rival, um, uh, you know, because we're both black and gold, both Wildcats, and uh, they were huge rivals. And wasn't as much when I was in school. We were we had bigger fish to fry. Yeah, down at Gunnersville. What? Down at Gunnersville. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> now it's wise. Hey guys, is there just like a wall around the city of Auburn at this point? Um, I don't know. 
You know, I I think I mentioned on the pod early on, or maybe a couple months ago now, around when school started, that I saw no difference in traffic when school started back. None. I think a lot like of people I, might be doing online classes. Got to be. Well, but now it's like traffic, uh, like it always is during school. So I don't right. know what happened uh, between then and now. But, um, yeah, it's it's really bad again. So I don't But I don't like. Know. The, the universities got this crazy decrease in cases. Yeah. Now, my sister who lives there thinks that the University of Engineering herd immunity because they had so many cases. It's, it's possible. But, um, um, yeah, it seems like... Downtown's as busy as ever. Well, yeah, they, reop- they reopened the bars downtown um, and took all the restrictions away as well. Yeah, um, pretty much the only thing still in place is that the bartenders are wearing masks. That's about it. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. The the only like I had to make an appointment could... at the Verizon store here <laughs> and go in and like everybody is behind a like plastic plexiglass shield. Now again, there are five million people in the Metroplex, so different kind of pool of cases. I actually but, don't have an issue with the kids going out and just being around each other. Um, as long as they're taking precautions when they're not downtown right. or on campus, At which for the most part, the places where they would interact with the community, like Publix or whatever. Yeah. They're enforced. Although man, everywhere is like relaxed. Uh, they're like, and it all happened about a month ago. Well, a few weeks ago now, like, both entrances at the big Walmarts are open now. You can go in whichever one you want, leave however you want. Uh, but I, some of that is, I think they're people have figured out what they have to do now, so they're trusting people to do that. Um, and generally, I think it's mostly older people that aren't doing right with their like masks and stuff. They'll like just have them down or. I'll see people that they wore it to go in because they have people up front checking to make sure people are wearing masks when they go in. But then you'll see them in the store and they've taken it down because whatever reason. A buddy of mine told me a story today that he his mother-in-law got in a fight with a bus driver because the bus driver was trying to make everyone wear masks and his mother-in-law refused <laughs> to do it. And he's oh. like, he's sitting there with his mask on. His wife has her mask on. Their, their two-year-old has a mask on. And meanwhile, this like adult woman is losing her mind for because she thinks it's fake. And it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> this uh, bus. We've only got what three more weeks of it, and it'll go away. Sure. Yeah. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I think we'll hear a lot less about it in three weeks. Yeah. It ain't gonna go away. Right. Maybe because it'll be a different uh, story on top of the news. But <laughs> be. All right, guys, let's do a quick prediction on this game that's coming up. I can't believe I'm the one bringing this, bringing it back to sports. Oh, yeah. All right. The Santa Crow way. I just want to talk sweet, sweet South Carolina Auburn football. <laughs> we got to play it. It's on the schedule. Ryan, are we win this game or not? Sure. We'll win this game. Um, 30, no, yeah, 30 to 21. Hmm. I reserve the right to change that number when we do our picks. Sure. 30 to 21. I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> Look, I, I'm saying just give give Tank another 20 carries, and uh, give JJ 10. 
You guys know sure. my dream scenario. He's going to pass. As a, as a fairly firmly pro-Gus person and also a person who loves watching other people be mad. My, like, my dream scenario is that Auburn wins every game from here on out and that every game looks just like that Arkansas game. Oh, God. So that... <laughs> You, you got to throw one more loss in there to get Pete mad. Like no, 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 no. People, would, people will be so mad every week and yet still be like, well, you are nine and one, I guess. Like, <laughs> it's pretty unbelievable considering we've won every game by a field goal. I just I just want that, uh, that other site across the state to write more angry articles. Oh, I can't wait. That's what I want. I want to win every game. On a referee's decision, <laughs> on VAR every game on VAR. How many? How many of the people that are so uh, now just determined to say that we lost and it was a fumble knew that you couldn't spike a ball backwards like that? Uh, like when they saw it, do you think they knew? Oh, he can't do that. When I saw it, I thought Pittman knew. Pittman knew. I'll, Pittman I'll give knew. him credit. Pittman knew you can't. He's do paid that. millions of dollars to hopefully know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I, Credit to Pittman. He seems like he might actually have Arkansas going on the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Which I did not expect. Well, he he's not. I tried to tell y'all before the season. You guys were like, no. <laughs> well, yeah, I did. I think he is. You guys were like, you think they're going to win a game? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think Arkansas is is playing within itself, which I think is a huge thing for that team. They aren't trying to do a bunch of stuff they aren't able to do. Yeah. They're playing within themselves, which all you got to do is have a team that makes a ton of mistakes against you, like Auburn did on Saturday, and you can win. You just don't make any mistakes. I'm just disappointed I didn't hear once about the Hogs getting down in the mud. (laughs) Rolling around in it. Because people aren't that lazy with their metaphors. (laughs) Well, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chief, prediction time. Uh, uh, he, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. Me, Joshua Dub, James Jones are all listening. That's it. That's the only listeners we have for the three of us, and one of us is a host on this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think we're going to win. Um, uh, you know, I, I did not – even as bad as last week was, I, I was not – a person that thought, "Oh, we're we're not going to win another game." Uh, I I felt like this is definitely one of the ones that's winnable. Um, I, I do think we need to clean the game up. We need to stop being so sloppy and stop stop with the execution mistakes. Um, Maybe connect on a screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stop missing those passes. Uh. Hey, do more of what we did with Anthony Schwartz instead of trying to throw a screen to him. Uh, let's let's get him out of the backfield, maybe a little bit. You know, hey, like let me like right now. Success with Chief. Now that tunnel screen was pretty agree good. to disagree. If out there right now, Anthony Schwartz has ten catches for hundred yards every game from here on out. Auburn is in great shape. Well, he may have to. If Seth Williams doesn't step it up. Uh. We're gonna need a little bit more from Seth Williams this week and every week, but yeah. I, I think I think we can get it done. Um, I'll even go on a limb and say if if Tank has the same numbers he had last week, 
and Schwartz has the same numbers he has he had last week. If they both have those games every week, we're not losing the game. I, I want this win really uh, bad. Did I mean, he have 176 yards total offense? Something crazy like that. Something like, something like that. Yeah. No, I, I want I want Auburn to look good on offense this week because then we will be going into the Ole Miss game expecting full on shootout. And then it's going to be. And it's going to be 20 to 17. 16 to 12. <laughs> No, I mean, there's a chance. Chief, really what's your prediction? The next month, Tank could have, I mean, an amazing month. I mean, we got yeah. South Carolina coming up this week, and then Ole Miss and LSU the next two weeks after that. I mean, there, there's a chance for Auburn to really start executing well. Yeah. But that's the thing. They, they have to execute. They've got to get rid of the, the easy mistakes. Um, and we'll see. All right, Chief, what was your yeah. prediction? Um, score, I'll, I'll say 27-18. 18, all what's right. The, what's the spread? Three and a half. Oh. Auburn by three and a half. I don't think we're a great team, so I don't know if I want to say that we're going to cover. So uh, let me go 27-24. Uh, three and a half by... Away though, that really means we're a six and a half point favorite, right? Hmm. If you're still giving the full three points for yeah, home and away this year. Eh, well, okay, I'll stick. Mm, no, I, I twenty-seven, twenty-four. We'll say that. When's the last time Auburn's lost to South Carolina? Uh, well. Uh, I would put an asterisk next to our win against them in uh, 2016, or was that 2014, sorry, uh, where we probably should have been flagged for a penalty and we weren't, and we ended up winning. Uh, oh, you mean when uh, Barn was cheating by putting yeah. Montrevious Adams and Duke Williams in the field? Yeah, we had, we had two. <laughs> same number ones. Which is a penalty. Uh, well, one of them can just be number zero now, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, you know? Actually, do you know what the all-time series uh, record is? I think they've beaten us once. Ever. Bro. Any guesses? They've beaten us. I think I'm the same thing. 10 yeah, one, one I can't remember one loss. Uh, and it, that loss was we, in 1930. We have to factor in that I imagine that Will Muschamp wants to win this game more than any other game on their schedule this year. They haven't beaten us I knew they hadn't beaten us ever in the SEC, which is hilarious. Uh, did you say why, Ryan? Why yeah, is... what's specific about this game? No, Ryan, uh, did you know that Bill Muschamp was once the coach of Auburn's defense? Yeah. And uh, twice, actually. Yeah. Has had <laughs> – there's people uh, in power at Auburn that he has bumped heads with and doesn't like and – He's, uh, I, he's, I feel like the debtors of people in power at most places that he's bumped heads with. Right. Because he's married, he's married into an Auburn family, though. People that's, thought that's he was thing. this lovable rascal, a Captain Ron type figure, if you will. Well, he is for his players. <laughs> but instead, he's not really a Captain Ron type figure at all. <laughs> because Captain Ron, as we know, famously saves the day and is great. And Will Muschamp is famously 
a nincompoop when it comes to winning. Will Muschamp is Captain Ron when they play Georgia. Right. Okay. Speaking of Captain Ron, we got to do like a. Yeah, I think we've been requested some more uh, movie pods. Sure. Let's do it when there's not a football Let's do a game. Halloween one. Yeah. Okay, we can do that. What are we sure. going to do? Some, a Halloween episode. Some Halloween movie. Oh, sure. Let's take some requests. We could watch. Uh... Silver Bullet. What was that? What was that television show with the cat that could talk? Sabrina the Teenage Witch. We could watch one episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and review it on this podcast. Somebody told me about a, a Nick Cage movie called Vampire's Kiss. Well, oh, you had I've me. Never, at, I've never seen had that. Me at Nick Cage. Uh, I've never seen that either. I don't. <laughs> Have you seen Silver Bullet? Let's find oh. something that's on Netflix. That's my only thought that I can stream for not having to pay extra money. Uh, we'll come back to that. Silver Bullet is a Corey Haynes joint. All right. Before we hang up, I'll predict, and then I would ask the listeners to send at Causer Mag or at AU Chief names of movies that are on Netflix that we could review that you would enjoy listening to more than this nonsense. There we go. I think Auburn wins. And I think Auburn wins in convincing fashion, boys. Give me Auburn. This smashes them? Yeah. Give me Auburn 40. Oh my God! Sac Carolina, twenty-six. How many touchdown passes are are of the forty points are there? Two. 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 One okay. for Bo and one for JJ. <laughs> oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> gimme, gimme. No, nope. I want. I he's he's gonna score. I think Auburn scores on in more than just one pass of the game. I think there's at least a defense or a special teams touchdown. Okay. I think. I think Tank and Sean Shivers have big games. I think Bo figures something out, and I think J.J. Pegues catches a touchdown pass. All right, write it down. Josh Dub. Hold me accountable, Josh Dub. The chronicler of the uh, pod. All right, and then let us know what movie we should review. And we'll get out of here at a solid one hour and 14 minutes of this podcast. Who knows?